Are you jealous? No, I'm not jealous that you're going to Jacksonville. Tep and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends here in 2020 at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Happy 2020. And TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep, Greg Tepper. And I am the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider um, and listening to this podcast. We love you for both of those things. That's awesome. Um, we we do appreciate you uh, you spending your hard-earned money to listen to our dumb high school football nonsense. Um, am I wrong? Does 2020 sound like the future? It does. They have flying cars yet? Uh, we don't, and I feel robbed. I feel like you I was do. lied to. And I'm waiting for robots to take over. Um, I welcome my ro- robot overlords. Yes, I do too. Um, I welcome them. Let me ask, would you, um, would, when the self-driving car comes out, are you going to be like first in line, last in line? Last gonna, in line. I don't trust. You don't trust no, it? No. Uh-uh, uh-uh. See, I'm ready. No. I'm so, my body is so ready really? for the self-driving now, car. My daughter, she needs one bad. She's a <laughs> terrible driver. Yeah. Uh, Just look at my insurance rates. Ooh. How old is she? She's 20. Oh, dude, that's yeah. right in the, the mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. the opposite of a sweet spot? That's right in the sour spot. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's called kicking the nuts is what that is. Well, this is your, I guess we This call, is not a kick in the nuts. No. No. This is your January pre, uh, episode of Tap and Step. Uh, we're back for the first time since state championship games. So here's our quick recap of the state championship games. Hey, uh, hey, remember the state championship games? I do. They were fun. They, they had a good time. Yeah. You should go next year if you didn't go. Yeah. All right. There's our recap of the state championship games. But no, this is our January edition. And what's great about it being a January 2020 edition instead of a January 2019 edition is we got something to talk about. Yes, we do. Uh, the The gift that comes every two years. Every two years... We get this beautiful, this, this glorious gift from the UIL. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's wrapped up neatly. Nobody gets to open it until about 9 a.m. on February 3rd, and then you got to like refresh your browser like seven times to open it. Because the UIL website will crash. We're talking about UIL realignment. Yes. Um, it makes the offseason go by a little bit faster. It does, because it just, you know, from, from our perspective, it just gives us something to talk about, something to think about. Um, it's just like something new. And as you mentioned on Twitter, like it's a data dump is all yes. it is. Oh yeah. I stole that from you, by the way. Well, well okay. I, I was going to give it to you, but that's fine. No, I stole it yep. from you. Good job, Greg. Yes. Um, okay. We're going to get into all of that, but before we get to our UIL realignment preview and what you need to be watching for, we will start as we always do, Matthew, with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. This is, this is big doings because mm-hmm. I, and this is the first one of a new decade. Mm-hmm. I've got to make sure I bring the heat. Yeah, you got to bring. You got to. You got to have your fastball ready. And I am pretty sure I've got one that you have no idea what the answer is. Oh gosh. Okay. I think I'm, I think I got it. This is a preview of a piece that will. Uh, you guys will get a nice little preview of this this piece that's coming on TexasFootball.com in a week. <clears throat> Matt Step. By winning percentage, who played the toughest schedule in Texas high school football in 2019? By opponent. Winning percentage. Okay. So take all the records yeah. of, of the teams they played, combine them. What is the winning percentage? Who had, who played the toughest schedule? Who had the highest winning percentage in 2019? It's going to be someone really obscure. 
I, I, I just have a feeling it's going to be somebody, somebody obscure. Um, let's go with... Mm-mm. How about Dumas? That's not a bad guess. It's it's entirely wrong, but it's not oh, a bad guess. It's not a bad guess, but you're totally wrong. Um, Dumas, um, they are in the 800s. Okay, uh, they no, had a. They, oh, in gosh. fact, their their teams they played teams with a losing record overall, 80 and 83. Now, part of it is that they handed them 13 hours. <clears throat> yes, I, I kind of fi- there's I kind of figured small district and all the teams in their district were relatively good right. and had good years, but. If you're interested, me. the teams with the uh, that played the worst schedules, I've got them all ranked here. Um, Mount Enterprise played the worst, played the uh, the quote unquote easiest schedule in the state. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they went forty and eighty six. Their opponents did. Wow. Um, North Garland second, uh, thirty four and seventy. Loop in the six man ranks, thirty five and seventy two. Uh, Sudan in the uh, in two A forty four and eighty six. They had a good year. And Godly forty two and eighty. Uh, those are the five easiest schedules, quote unquote. Okay. Uh, there. Well, I'll give you the top four uh, of the of the toughest. I schedules. saw your tweet. I know who number four. You is. know who number four is, and that's unbelievable. Is yeah. Galena Park North Shore? Yeah. Galena Park North Shore. Their opponents were a combined one hundred forty one and fifty three. Okay, a seven twenty six winning percentage. That's pretty good. That's insane. But if you think about it, you got two Katies on there. Right, Katie. Spoiler alert: They're in the top yeah. handful as well. Duncanville. Uh, you got Duncanville in there. You've got a Tascosita in there. Lake Travis. Yeah, Lake Travis in there. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot of big time heavy hitters who who not only were really good but also had good records. Yeah, and I think they played they played Doby in the first round. They were like yeah. they were like nine and two or not eight and three. Yeah, I was going to say. So it's it's one of those things that they played. They were in an extremely tough dif- dif- uh, difficult. And their district was relatively good. That there, too. A lot of parity in their district too. Mm-hmm. In the middle part of the district. Right. Number three. Goliad, ninety four and thirty five. They went one and nine this year, yeah, but they had it's, a bad year. But they're, uh, they're looking for a new coach. But a seven twenty eight winning percentage there. Number two, Perryton. Perryton played opponents that were combined one hundred and four and thirty eight. And I'm trying to figure out how that happened. Um, you're listening. They to played live. Greenwood in the first round of the playoffs. I think. Let me see what I can find. Okay, here was their schedule. Their schedule were, they played Dumas, Childress, Canadian, Bushland, Pampa, Stratford, Dalhart, Estacado, Leveland, Borger, and oh, Greenwood. Estacado. That, Greenwood. There's a couple of ones there that yeah. are brutal. Estacado and Dumas went 13-1. and one. I think Greenwood yeah. was 14-1. and one. Yeah. So they, they were. Stratford was really good. Canadian. Their opponents were combined 104 and 38, 732 winning percentage. But the toughest schedule in the state belonged to. The Leopards of Liberty Ilo. Oh, you know what? Now that you say that, I'm like, oh, they did. They played a murderer's row so in the district. Here we go. They played Arkansas High. That does not count into this because uh, we don't. Texas. They're not in Texas. We don't care. They played about Arkansas them. High. Carthage, Texas High, Atlanta, Argyle, La Vega. That's non district. Okay, that's long district. Then they played Spring Hill, who was six and six, by the way. Yeah. Okay. They played Pleasant Grove. Mm-hmm. They played Pittsburgh, who was not bad. They were four and seven, and they played Gilmer in the first round of the playoffs. Who was ten and four? Two, yeah. Uh, so they had they ran through a record that was ninety and thirty one. Now, and that doesn't count. I don't know how good Arkansas High was, but they're usually pretty good. They're usually pretty good. You think Clint King when he took that job just looked at the schedule and was like, "Really, really, Golly. guys?" This is- so there you go. Liberty Island. Now they went zero and ten, but Liberty Island. Your Texas High School Ball Fun Fact of the Week, the toughest schedule in 2019. All right, so this is your realignment preview. 
And here's what we're going to do first and foremost is uh, I feel like maybe we do have I'm, – I'm in this weird spot with this podcast because on one hand – Let's wildly speculate. Oh, well, that too. <laughs> on one hand, if you're listening to this podcast, you are probably a nerd, right? You are probably a dork, and we love you. That's that's why we, we – you are our people. Mm-hmm. That's we, not do a, the, we do this for you. I say that as a compliment, right? But at the same time, I also want to make sure we're on the same, like, footing, okay? So I'm going to make an assumption that you understand the overall ground rules of how realignment works, that it's, in, it's based on enrollment, divided into classifications, then divided into districts. That's mm-hmm. the way that, that it ends up working. So I'm not going to bore you with that. If you need more information on that, DM We'll have something for we'll you. We'll have something on TexasFootball.com. Or just ask us on Twitter. About how something works, how these things work. Okay. Hashtag, hashtag ask, ask DCTF. Hashtag ask DCTF. We'll, we'll, we'll answer your questions. We're happy to answer you for the for the sweet clean insiders. But I want to know. Let's let's. I want to take a top level view first. Okay. That at nine o'clock on February third, the UIL site will crash, and then after it gets done recovering. We will know the we will know the new districts for the 2020 and 2021 seasons. So, let's just say I am Johnny Schmohawk, and I am I'm at work. I'm logging into my computer, and I go, "Oh, it's 9:04. I should go check the uh, I, it's I should go check the uh, alignments. I'm going to go check where my favorite team is, but I also want to know how things have shaken out in the big picture." But I've also got a meeting in six minutes. Because mm. boss I know, man... I know the feeling. Boss man needs to talk to me. So, if I've got five minutes to look at the realignments, Matthew, what do, what do I need to be on the lookout for? What, do I, what are your things that you're going to have your eye on going into this? So, I'll tell you, if, if, if it's me, mm-hmm. and I'm taking the day off on Monday, but uh, I'm going to be... Damn right. I would not miss realignment. It's the dorkiest of days. It is. You know, <laughs> and we'll talk about this at the end, but we're going to be in Birdville. Mm-hmm. And that always feels like a kumbaya moment for me is when we're there surrounded by people who are thinking the exact same way that we are. Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, you guys have a problem too. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Like, like I feel like there should be like a platter of cookies. We should all go out and have a cigarette afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just be right. like, oh, man. Yeah. It's, it's, that was great. It's, uh, it's Realignment <laughs> Aholics Anonymous. Um, all right. So the, I, I would say if I had five minutes yeah. and I grabbed the pack, the first thing I'm doing is I'm going to 5A Division One, mm-hmm. Region 1, yes. and I want to see what the heck the UIL did with El Paso, Lubbock, and Amarillo. Mm-hmm. It's been the talk since Snapshot Day. Now, that talk has subsided a little bit because El Paso Chapin, for I don't know what reason, charity, I don't know why, but they decided to opt up to Division One from Division Two, making the UIL's job a lot easier because now the UIL has four Division One schools in El Paso instead of three, mm-hmm. which gives the UIL the out to make El Paso a four-team district Leave them alone. Leave them alone. Now, there might be an 0-10 team to make the playoffs, but the UILs, that's better than sticking three El Paso schools with Lubbock. That's the, so, the, if, so I'm not really looking at El Paso anymore. What I'm looking at is Abilene Cooper, mm. a team that was, I believe, 12-2 and last year, mm-hmm. a 13-1. Sounds right. Went to the regional final, lost to Denton Ryan. Um, I'm looking at Abilene Cooper. 11-2. Okay, 11-2. They lost in the regional semifinals because Ryan beat Colleyville mm-hmm. in the regional. But I'm looking at Abilene Cooper. Does the UIL send Abilene Cooper back to Lubbock and Amarillo, or do they send Abilene Cooper to the Metroplex? 
which is what they've requested. You can re- you can request you can you can you can email the UIL and say hey just a heads up yeah uh, we, we would, would prefer, prefer this yeah. and sometimes the UIL does the schools a solid. Will they do Abilene Cooper a solid here, or will they send Abilene? Because from Abilene to Amarillo is a long road yeah. trip. Yeah, I think that there's this notion for especially people in major metro areas here, in, here in, in, in you know we're here in DFW. I know people in Houston, Austin who, who think of like West Texas as just like oh it's just West Texas. Mm-hmm. It's like no, it's six hours from Abilene to Amarillo. Yeah, That's that is six, one way. Like imagine driving from if you live if you're listening to us in Houston, imagine driving to Oklahoma City. Yeah, it's, for a district game. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. So, um, and with with Amarillo Tascosa dropping from six A into five A, now you've got four Amarillo schools. So Cooper's looking at two trips per year to Amarillo if they're placed in that district. That's that's I'm going right there five A Division One Region One. I want to see how the UIL stacks that mm-hmm. up. Um, if I'm looking at a second, I'll give you three things. Uh, the second thing I'm looking at is I'm going to four A Division One, and I want to see how the UIL handles. Corpus Christi Cal Allen, Port Lavaca Calhoun, Alice, and Corpus Christi Miller all being in 4A Division One now. Mm-hmm. Are they all in one quote-unquote mega district on the coast? Or does UIL send Calhoun North into a district with like El Campo? Because it's not that far from Calhoun yeah. to El Campo, and, and there's precedent there. Or do they send Alice, which is a little bit west into the south of Corpus Christi, do they send Alice down to the Rio Grande Valley to make a six-team district or a five-team district down in the Rio Grande Valley. Right. Looking at that. Because I think Cal Allen and Miller are going to be together. They're both in the Corpus Christi city limits. They're not the same ISD, but I think they'll be together. So I'm looking to see what they do with Calhoun and Alice. The third thing that I'm looking at is East Texas 3A Division II. East Texas Division 3A Division II, very powerful teams. you got Paul Pewitt. you got Dangerfield. You've got some, some heavy hitters in there. Well, they only had they had two districts in last realignment, mm-hmm. and they were both eight team districts. So they were full districts. Well, now West Rusk is dropping from Division One, usually a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. Hughes Springs is dropping from Division One, usually a pretty good team. Does the UIL give East Texas a third district in three A Division Two, which would kind of upset kind of the balance of power um, when you come to regional? Do, do, do you have two districts in Region Three? Do you have two districts in Region Two? So I want to see how the UIL and, and actually Lone Oak, which is kind of a fringe East Texas school, but could be aligned with East Texas. That's another one dropping down from Division One. So you've got potentially nineteen schools in two districts, or do you spread it out to three? There's districts? There's no way. I think right? they. I think they, they got to give, give East Texas th- a third district. But here's the thing: and this or do you, is, whose district do you take? It, right, and this is the fun part. Mm-hmm. Well, fun for us, miserable for the UIL. Um, is all of these things that we just mentioned have ripple effects. Okay? Yes. Let's even start with El Paso. Let's go back to what you're talking about with El Paso. Five Division One. Five sure. Division One. If let's just say for the sake of argument that El Paso Chapin had not opted up, right? Mm-hmm. In the end, the the UIL was was they were not going to do a three team district. That just it simply no. was not going to happen. So they were probably going to send them to Lubbock, right? Yes, Lubbock. They were they're going to be uh, lumped in with the Lubbock's with Lubbock schools. Mm-hmm. Okay. At that point, yes, that is a huge pain in the rear for both those teams. But it's one fewer district. It's one extra district that the UIL has in their pocket mm-hmm. because remember they have got they only have 16 districts 32 and 6a but mm-hmm. 16 districts to play with and so if you're using three in west texas instead of two 
that suddenly when you get down to district 14 yeah you're running out of districts so there's a thing i've noticed if you have a four-team district in el paso yes and then a seven or eight team district in west texas let's just say for the sake of argument cooper goes with the metroplex yeah so you have a seven-team district in district two so we assume el paso is one five a division one we assume amarillo and lubbock is two five a division one you now have a i believe i counted it was 119 5A Division One schools for 14 districts. Yeah. Which is like an average of like 9.25. Right. Which means they're going to be, there's going to be probably more than one 10 team district. Well, and remember, could we see zones come back yeah. in 5A Division One? Could the UIL make a 13 or 14 team district and have two 17 zones? That is, that is, has happened in the past. It was a big player in the 60s and 70s, which which could happen again. I mean, the, the UIL is going to have to really squeeze things in in these, four, in these 14 other districts. Well, and one thing to remember, uh, just uh, as we're doing just real top-line things, the thing to remember is that, uh, you know, if you're into... How do I want to put this? You're always looking for the pressure points. That's what we're trying to identify. Mm-hmm. This is the decision point. There are, there are guys, there are some districts that... Matt Step could just write down in his sleep and be like, I know this is what it's going to be. Because mm-hmm. it always is. It just tends to be. It just Geography fall. kind of it, dictates it. It dictates it for you, right? Yep. We're talking about the pressure points. And when we're talking about the pressure points, in the end, that is going to end up, the majority of them are going to happen in 5A and in 3A. 6A will kind of take care of itself a little bit. In, it, in most ways, yeah. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. But 5A and 3A are the two largest division split or uh, yes. classifications. As a result, to use a phrase that my dad likes to use, you're taking 10 pounds of S and you got to sometimes you got to cram it into a 5 pound bag. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay? And in 5A Division 1 especially. It is jammed. Yes. That because of the way that the where they cut cut the realignment number, right? Because they came in they said that the 6A cutoff was going to be 1921, mm-hmm. right? Because of that that made it so that you're going with a, re- I say relatively, but a, a relatively small 6A, 245 schools. Yeah, instead of two. They could have, they could have put, bumped 6A up uh, five or eight more schools. Yes. They could have relieved that two, pressure. I think in the, in, the align, or in the rules, they say it's like the max of 253 maybe. Something like something that. Like that. Yeah. They could have put the pressure onto the 6A, but instead they say, no, we're just going to have a real big 5A. Real, yeah. real. It's going to be real tight. Real tight. Yeah. Real, yeah. I, I don't think they're going to do zones, but I'm not going to rule it out. Right. In, especially in 5A Division One, Right. Um, which would be – that would be worth talking about for sure. Um, I'll tell you another uh, – it's not a pressure point. 6A, you're right, doesn't have as many pressure points. The problem with 6A is you have these larger puzzle pieces that you're moving around. Mm-hmm. So 5A and below, you're generally dealing with one-school ISDs. In 6A, you have these multi-school – especially in the Houston area, mm-hmm. you have these – you know. A-Leaf schools, Aldean schools, Pasadena schools, Cypher, Conroe ISD, Klein ISD, that all have four or five or even more high schools in their ISD, and they've all got to be together. So now you got to take these larger puzzle pieces and kind of group them together, which is kind of why you saw that weird alignment last year where Umble and uh, Pasadena were together. Yeah. Because some of the puzzle pieces just didn't fit right. So that's one thing to watch. And then I think the other thing to watch, if you go down to the Rio Grande Valley, and I know we're kind of jumping around, but 
these are just kind of all thoughts sure. that are running through now. We're going to go we're yeah. gonna go class by class here in a minute. Uh, keep an eye on the Rio Grande Valley, too. That's another thing in 6A. Um, when we start in 6A, we'll talk about that here in a minute. But those are kind of the – you're right. The pressure points, especially in 5A Division One, are, are, are really, really there. And it's going to be fascinating to see how the UIL works. By, by the way, I need to correct myself. 2220 is the cutoff number. And um, – and, and, and 250, 250 plus opt-ups okay. is, is the number. And I think they went 247 plus one opt I think there's 248 in 6A at the moment. I think that I think it's two. Yeah, I think that the number they have is 245. I think they've got three opting up or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, point is, the other thing that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up, and you're going to hear me beat this dead horse over and over and over, because this is one of the things that I feel like everybody, all the, all the people, not all the people, because coaches certainly don't forget about it. If you are looking at these things and you're paying too much attention to the districts and not enough attention to the uh, attention to the regions, you're doing it wrong. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, mm-hmm. make sure you are keeping an eye on who's in what region, especially well. if you think your team has a chance to be really good next year. Yes. Because that that's your playoff path right there. You look at the district that's you know if you're in District Three. You're looking at District 4. The right. first thing you want to do is you want to look at District 4. You look at your own district. You look at the district next to you play in by district. Then you look at the rest of the region. Right. Because you want to map out your playoff path. Exactly. And so when we talk about, for example, uh, a perfect example, and I don't see them moving regions, but but Allen gets a lot of talk, right? Allen is fundamentally uninteresting in realignment because we know what they are. They are huge. They're probably going to be with the Plano schools. Depends on where they go. McKinney, mm-hmm. Prosper, Bowen, Wiley, right? yeah, Jesuit. They, they can go here or there, but generally they're, un, they're, they're not interesting to talk about as far as realignment is concerned. That said, there is a scenario where they, they, they were District 9 last year. They're a regional floater. They're a regional floater. They'll exactly. float to 8. Yeah. Remember when they played uh, San Angelo in the third round of the yes. playoffs? They were in Region 1 in that realignment. Um, regional floaters... Especially along I-35 mm-hmm. tend to be where you have the floaters between in the larger classifications, Region 1, Region 2, and in the smaller classifications, Region 2, Region 3. And we'll talk about some of those as we go to our class-by-class yes. things because there's, there's some high-impact regional floaters located right along the I-35 corridor. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go class-by-class, just take a look and kind of give you some overall thoughts on each classification, what we're going to be looking for once we get the big packet on at 9 a.m. or 9.02 in the UIL. Because we'll get the packet, too, because yeah. the UIL website's going to crash on us, too. Yeah. Like, we're, we're, you'll, be, you'll sit there. We were at Birdville two years ago, and and the lady at the at the camera is like at the computer is like hitting refresh. Yeah, because it was crashing for her. Too. Yeah, exactly. it crashes for everyone. It is a it is a tradition unlike any other. So let's talk about six A. Uh, first and foremost, I'll tell you which teams are are going to be new to six A. Um, moving up, and I'll just kind of go through the 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 the, the big names that you're going to have. Um, Alvin Shadow Creek. That's a big name. It's a pretty big name. Moving moving up there, I would I would put in uh, El, uh, rather Denton Braswell is a big name. Had a great as well. year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hutto is on their way up as well. Uh, San Antonio Wagner after a couple of years mm-hmm. of beating up on Region Four and Five A D One, they are on their way up as well. You've, in fact, you've got an entire state semifinal making their way up. Yeah, Shadow Creek and and, and, and Bra- how about Braswell making the jump from Five A Division Two yeah. to Six A. Amazing. It shows the growth. Uh, there is a new school, by the way, in Conroe Grand Oaks. They will be joining, and they will be aligned for the first time as well. Uh, who's the coach there? Mike, ja- the Mike doc- Jackson. Dr. Mike Jackson. Dr. Mike Jackson, yes. uh, former Lamarck coach. He is um, he is going to be uh, there, but I know he, he – because they have the last couple of years, not to get on a Conroe Grand Oaks. Uh, uh, the Grizzlies, by the way. But um, 
I remember remarking because they're playing varsity ball. They've passed these. Yes, past they two played years. outlaw schedules. Yeah, they played an outlaw varsity schedule. What you'll normally see is when a school opens, they will have they'll play a couple of years of JV and they'll take on your JV here, JV mm-hmm. there. It's like no, we want to go up there against your varsities. Yeah, and you know, so it's private schools and things like that. They, they took on like they played Brownwood this year. Yeah, um, they played Comfort, who had a real good year mm-hmm. in three A V two. Um, I think they played Pasadena Memorial, one big school. Yeah. Um, you know they want they want to be tested, but anyway they will be they will be uh, in as well. So when you take a look at six A again, look, I tend to find six A generally to be the least. Um, there, there's not as there's not as much chaos in six A. I think we kind of have a better feel for how this is going to go. Remember two years ago when Brent Davis uh, had some hot sports opinions from San Angelo? I do. <laughs> so I, I think Brent Davis is going to be very happy with realignment, as I expect San Angelo Central and Abilene to both get sent back out to their traditional West Texas alignment mm-hmm. because Amarillo Tascosa is no longer in 6A. Correct. So I think that's that's going to be you know you start you start kind of in Region One and kind of work your way over. I think that's the first big thing. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think the Metroplex schools are going to have to worry about road trips to San Angelo and Abilene. And I think San Angelo and Abilene are very happy being with uh, Midland, Odessa, Midland and Odessa and Friendship. Uh, you know, one thing that's going to be... a nice, tidy realignment yes. there. Um, one thing that'll be interesting, keep an eye on South Dallas. Uh, keep an eye, especially on those those powers on I-20. Oh, yeah. Uh, in DeSoto, Cedar Hill, and Duncanville. Because, if you remember... Last realignment, Duncanville got split off yes. uh, from them, and they went and played DISD and Richardson, uh, which was ugly, odd, and ugly and too. Ugly. It was really odd because really DeSoto. If, you know, if you look at if you, if you're heading from Fort Worth into Dallas on I twenty, Duncanville is the furthest west. Right, and it goes Duncanville, Cedar Hill, and then DeSoto. Uh, if you go west to east, so it was a little odd that Duncanville was the one that was chosen to take that trip. But now. If you didn't know this, by the way, there's only one 6A DISD team, Dallas ISD team left, Skyline. and it's Skyline, mm-hmm. and they're a magnet school. They 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 will always, they'll almost certainly always be a 6A school. They're almost well over 4,000. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They'll be 6A unless they just, you know, closed. Stop being a magnet school. Yeah, unless they closed. Mm-hmm. So, with two 5A or two 6A DFW or Dallas ISD teams dropping to 5A, Duncanville's a little bit more of an orphan. And I think there's a family that would be certainly willing to welcome them back. I don't know if they would love to have them yeah, in there. But I think it'd be really cool to have the, the Duncanville DeSoto and Cedar Hill back in the same district to have those district games because uh, they were a lot of fun. I know uh, uh, Poochie, uh, RIP Poochie, uh, and I went to the, the last Duncanville DeSoto game in DeSoto, and it was a packed house. It was a lot of fun. Uh, the other thing to keep an eye on is, uh, you know, there's not as much drama, I would say, in this year as there was last year or last realignment because you remember there was the whole Cypher ISD thing of are they going to split them into two regions I think that the UIL has now set that precedent I think that they ripped off the band-aid mm-hmm. last year and said nope this is just the way it's going to be now we've got to split you into two reg- uh, mm-hmm. two districts and we're probably going to split you into two regions yeah I think well, it was 14 and 17 I think last yeah. time um, I'll tell you another thing that I'm watching mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking at the Central Texas district because if you look at, at district, uh, I believe it's uh, is it twelve six A with the uh, with Colleen and Waco probably have that up. Uh, maybe eleven six it's eleven or twelve but uh, it's a nineteen district right now and Brian who traditionally has been aligned with Temple and Belton and the Colleen schools was put with Cy Fair yeah it's twelve okay it it's conceivable to me no fourteen I'm sorry 
it's conceivable to me that the UIL takes Waco and Waco Midway mm-hmm. and maybe moves them into the Metroplex in that South Dallas district because from Waco to Waxahachie is only about less than an hour. Yeah, I was going to say about 45 minutes. And then it's another 20 minutes up to I-20. So it's it's possible that they take Waco, Waco and or Waco University, move them north into the Metroplex, which they would not like, I don't think, no. and move Brian back west into a district with the other Syntex schools. Right. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. Um, keep an eye on which, which Houston schools end up being Region 2 versus Region 3. Yes. Traditionally the northern end, mm-hmm. uh, but sometimes Klein and Spring kind of rotate mm-hmm. off. Um, sometimes Umble has been thrown in. Remember that when Beaumont Westbrook was Region 2 for yeah. a couple of years there? Um, that's it's You can always you can usually bet it's going to be someone in the north end of the, of the uh, city, but you know the UIL has kind of they can kind of move those puzzle pieces around here and there however they see fit. So if you're north of 610 along I45 and you're you're you have a chance of moving into region 2 very easily, which means a lot more travel come playoff time because region 2 is spread out between the Dallas metro area, mm-hmm. central Texas, east Texas and even the Austin area. Um San Antonio it'll probably probably stay relatively this the, relatively similar the big news say. in san antonio is going to be north side isd is mm-hmm. going to be like cypher isd because san antonio harlan is moving up they were one that i left off yeah. of, of the original uh, i forgot to put i was gonna there. say i was looking at this like, I didn't want to harlan is is moving like into 6a and that gives north side isd 11 schools now they're not gonna so do an 11 gonna team split district. they're gonna split which means I think that might be where that extra district. So the Rio Grande Valley is going to lose a district mm-hmm. because they have they had three districts last realignment, and two one was a six and one was a seven. So they were kind of barely hanging on to three districts. Well, with the three McAllen schools and Westaco East dropping to five A, the Rio Grande Valley is probably only going to have two districts. So they're going to have there's going to be an extra district in play in the region four and i think that might come from the splitting of Northside isd yeah because basically they've got it, the 6a in 6a it looks like they're going to have 15 valley schools uh 17 17 17 i believe it's 17 yeah there's oh i'm sorry the la jolla schools oh you're right yeah um so you're gonna have 17 you gotta you gotta pres- you gotta think like laredo's not getting their own district they're gonna they're gonna lump somebody in it's probably la jolla and la jolla Juarez lincoln and, and then, then Del Rio and Eagle the, Pass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and then you're going to have, you know, Del Rio Eagle Pass probably going in with uh well, they could go with Laredo, they could go with, they could go with San Antonio. S- South Sand, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um to me, it, it kind of plays out that I, I think it I think it is laid out for them. The the solution is there, which is we're going to give we're going to put La Jolla in with uh, Laredo. Mm-hmm. Then thirty one and thirty two will be made up of some combination of Edinburgh. PSJA Mission and then Brownsville and the, the, the Harlingens and, yep. and, and, and uh, Westlicos, et cetera. So, or Westlicos. Kind, right. kind of a uh, lower valley district and an upper valley district. Yes. Kind of um, looks like that. And I, I think La, uh, La Jolla with Laredo makes a lot of sense. It actually makes for a little bit of a cleaner alignment. And then you just you take uh, Eagle Pass and Del Rio and you move them in with San Antonio, like you said, the southern San Antonio schools. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that makes for a, a, a good fit. Um, but I think that's where the extra. I think San Antonio, which is big for Rio Grande Valley teams, because before, you know, districts twenty, district twenty nine was the Laredo schools, thirty, thirty one, and thirty two was the Valley. So Valley teams didn't didn't run up against San Antonio until round three. Mm-hmm. Well, now in this new alignment, they will potentially run into San Antonio on round two. Right, which makes the playoff path a little bit tougher. Correct. So let's um, let's now move to five A. 
Uh, 5A is where you start getting a little bit interesting, right? 5A Division One dropping down uh, to 5A Division One. Uh, big ones are Tescosa. Yeah, there's there's some cheering in San. Uh, do I hear cheering in San Angelo? Yeah, I know, right? Is, is that Brent Davis calling? Yeah. yeah. Oh. He um, wants to go to Hidalgo's to celebrate. Yeah, he does. Um, other than that, I mean, but the big one, the 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 big heavy hitters that are dropping down, uh, are are Longview. Yes, probably lumping Manfield Summit and Pflugerville Hendrickson in that mix as well. Westlake West East. East is yeah. a big is a big heavy hitter that you want to talk about a team that could do some damage in Region Four. Of, mm-hmm. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. About talk about region that in four. a second. Uh-huh. Uh, and then for five A Division uh, Mansfield two, Summit was a playoff team in six A. They'll be yeah, but the Metroplex in five A Division One. Oof. Oof. Uh, and then uh, Buda Johnson is joining is, is a new school mm-hmm. a new school in Buda. Uh, they're going to be in uh, in five A Division One. And then dropping uh, from five A Division One or, or, or rather uh, go. Moving up from 5A mm-hmm. Division 2 to 5A Division 1. Uh, Frisco Reedy is moving up. Justin Northwest uh, is moving up as well. It always, I, I guess because they opened so many schools, like they basically opened Byron and Eaton so quickly mm-hmm. that it really just just took all the all the, uh, the the students out of them. But it always struck me as weird when they were 5A D2 last Manville's year. Manville's a big one. Manville's obviously a, a very, very big one. Uh, Red Oak Weiss. is a big one as yeah. well. Pflugerville Weiss. Pflugerville Weiss. Our 5A team of the year yeah. moving up from Division Two to Division One, just shows the growth uh, north of Austin there. Uh, very quickly. And then uh, as far as 5A Division Two is concerned, um, 4th Trimble Tech is making the, the rare drop from 6A to 5A Division Two. Yeah, UIL kind of closed that loophole yeah. with, the, with them being opted up into uh, – um, into five, into six A, it helps them out a lot. Um, Austin ISD is letting their schools um, stay down, stay down, not opting them up. Um, Flower Bluff dropping is quite significant. Well, no, remember Flower Bluff was That's dropping, right. and then they they opted up because of travel. I think I'll tell, I'll tell you what I talked to uh, Jerry Stanford at Texas County mm-hmm. Texas High. He was pretty fired up, you know, just from a numbers standpoint uh, about their drop. Um, how about Mission Veterans Memorial? Mm-hmm. David Gilpin's crew. Uh, mm-hmm. Dropping down to uh, Division Two to join that, that'd be a powerful Valley District with uh, Sherryland Pioneer. Not a not a ton of uh, teams that are mo- making the move from four Division One to five A Division Two. Crandall, uh, Lumberton, uh, who Lumberton? That's no. I, I, are they staying? We're for looking it? at our old. So the UIL on December tenth made some changes. Lumberton they they adjusted the numbers. That's so right. Lumberton's going to stay. Good. They were pretty happy about that. Yeah, they should be. Uh, full shear and then and then Dallas Hillcrest and new uh, the and they just named the head coach prosper rock hill yes uh, the new school in prosper is going to be a new 5a division too so let's take a look at 5a division 5a uh overall uh w- this is where you're going to have a little bit more intrigue uh again we already talked a lot about el paso chapin opting up the only thing that that's going to make interesting is there's going to be a little bit of strain on the number of a lot of big districts it's going to be a lot of big districts especially down the road because you got to squeeze in that four team el paso district in 5a division one uh, that's probably going to bump uh, all the Lubbock and Amarillo schools over to uh, Division two, over to District Two, which is then going to bump all of Abilene Cooper and whatever they. Let's mm-hmm. assume they get put into the DFW Metroplex. I don't know why they wouldn't. When, I think when you take a look at it's, mileage is way better going to like Brewer, Brewers on the west side of Fort Worth, Crowley. I'll, I'll tell you something. Something that a hot rumor that I've heard Ooh. from coaches. Ooh. Don't know how substantiated this is, but. There's there there is strong talk of Longview and John Tyler yes. going south mm-hmm. with Lufkin into a more northern Houston district with like New Caney. Well, here's Longview is going to be interesting, okay? And Longview and John Tyler, you've got to assume I well, you don't have to assume. With the UIL, you don't assume anything. I'm working under the assumption that where they go, they're going to go together. Yeah. 
They could split them. They could. Uh, I would, that would seem weird <laughs> if they send Longview South to Lufkin and, and they send Tyler. John Tyler back to the DFW yeah. Metroplex. It seems weird. That would seem I weird. Think if, I think that those two, and you look at it, so if they get put with Lufkin, that's a close district game right there. So those three kind of in a little triangle from Longview to Lufkin, Tyler to Lufkin's like an hour. And then you look at going down 59 to New Caney, mm-hmm. potentially, it's three hours from Longview, 250. If you, if you hoof it, three hours, it's not no traffic. From Longview to McKinney on a Friday in the Metroplex, mm. it's probably three hours as well. Yeah. A I different think, kind of three hours. I think the the difference in drive time for Longview will be minimal. John Tyler will have if they go south. If if this happens, they'll have a little bit more driving to do. But I think they would probably rather stay with Longview and Lufkin just for those traditional rivalries. That's the, that's one big thing I'm keeping an eye on. Here's the other thing though: if they do go, I would say that it, there's a fair possibility that if Longview does go east or west, rather, if they go to the DFW Metroplex. With John Tyler, there's a fair chance they're in what would be the District of Doom. With Highland Park. Highland Park. Lancaster. Lancaster. Yeah, Red Oak now. Midlothian. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's, All teams that won multiple playoff yes, games last year. All teams that are very, very strong. As a result, keep an eye on, keep an eye on the, the Lobos. Because where they, where they fit is going to be telling about what the UIL is doing as a whole mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, with 5A Division One. Another thing to keep in, in 5A Division One, especially in uh, Region 4... There's a possibility we have San Antonio teams in Region Three, because in the Valley with with, with the three McAllens and Westaco East dropping, the Valley is going to get an extra district. They're going to need gonna two be, districts. There's going to be two districts, so that's 15 and 16 right there. Corpus is going to have District 14. Yeah, they've got to. And so now you look at okay, there's there's two San Antonio districts, I believe. Yeah. So more than likely, you're going to have a San Antonio district in District 12 is going to be a San Antonio district in Region 3. Okay. Probably San Antonio ISD is what I would guess. And then the other... I'm counting, yeah, I'm counting 15 San Antonio teams. So there's going to be two districts in San Antonio. So, that's, and that's not counting teams like Seguin or you know, exactly. teams that are, you or, are, are or adjacent. Vic, or the Victorias. Yeah. So I think you're going to have, in Region 4, you're going to have two Valley te- districts, 15, 16, Corpus and 14. Mm-hmm. 13 is going to be a San Antonio area district, and then 12 is going to be a San Antonio district in Region 3. That's wild. So, so they could be s- playing district matchups with like, or I'm sorry, they could be playing playoff games against like Galveston Ball. Mm-hmm. Which also Damn. brings up the point, let's say you have that, that Region 4 set up. Could a Valley team win Region 4? I mean, Westaco East, McAllen Memorial need, dropping down from 6A? For sure. The, Corpus ultimately is going to be the power nexus of Region 4. But the Valley's shown they can compete with Corpus. That's exactly right. And Corpus Christie Miller is dropping to 4A. So yes. you don't have to worry about Miller anymore. Right. It's more vets. It's going to be about. vets, and, and then, yeah, it's going to be vets. So I don't think uh, Westaco East having gone toe to toe, you know, Westaco East and McAllen Memorial going toe to toe with like Austin Westlake, Lake Travis. Mm-hmm. Steel Judson. I don't think Veterans Memorial will intimidate those schools. No. So, I mean, there's the path. The other for one, fun. the other thing for me, man, if one of those Victoria schools wants to wake up, I mean, they could do some damage. They could absolutely do some damage. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, I think the alignments are going to be super intriguing down in Region Four. Just how who which San Antonio district gets moved into Region Three? Five A Division Two. Um, am I wrong in saying that I feel like this is a little bit more? 
this, there's a little less chaos in 5A Division 1 or potential for chaos. Yeah, so I think the big thing to watch in 5A Division 2, first off, is Alito. Yes. Do they go to, back to Region 2 or, or do they go in Region 1? I know they were not happy with being in Region 2. Um, they won it both years, but I think they, they felt a little weird driving through Fort Worth to mm-hmm. go to Region 2. Um, I think that's the first thing to watch. And then if they're in Region 1, you have Alito and Lubbock Cooper squaring off again maybe for uh, regional bragging rights in, in the regional final this time around. Um, I think the um, other thing that I'm watching is East Texas mm-hmm. um, because with Texas High dropping uh, into 5A Division Two, I think how the does the UIL make one 9 or 10 team East Texas district or do they split them kind of like they did last year where they sent the I-30 schools into the Metroplex. Right. So Texas High, Sulphur Springs, Mount Pleasant kind of keep them with Royce City and Greenville kind of right there along I-30 into the northern half of the Metroplex and then send the schools south of I-20, uh, I-30 into their own district. Um, that's the way I'm leaning because from Texarkana to Nacogdoches is a really long and hard drive. Mm-hmm. So I kind of have a feeling that UIL is going to take the I-30 schools and kind of split them off into their own district, take the schools south of 30 and kind of have them in their own seven or eight team district. So you're talking like White House, Jacksonville, Nacogdoches, Marshall, Pine Tree. Mm-hmm. Um, we find that Lindell's dropping to 4A, yeah. by the way. I saw Chris Cochran. He was pretty happy about that. I would say so. Um, from a number standpoint, they're they're feeling better about things. So kind of seeing how, how they split. And then does Corsicana maybe get thrown? Corsicana and Ennis have been thrown out east before. Do they get thrown out there? Does Forney and North Forney get thrown east? Because they're kind of on the eastern. Yeah, they're on, the that, they're on that kind of edge. So those are, East, east Texas is kind of what I'm watching uh, right there in 5A Division Two. I'm um, in Region 1, Region 2. Um, yeah, I mean, the rest of it, I'm looking at your mock. I mean, I, I think we all want to know where Liberty Hill, as they're they're going to be moving up yeah. as well, where they land. Uh, it feels like, you know, basically there's there's a soft landing and there's a hard landing for them. I, I the think, soft landing would be if they get dumped in with Austin ISD. Yes. That's a soft landing. It's like, okay, They'll well. They'll be fine. Oh, uh, we'll be okay here. Yeah. If they get thrown in with... The Leander schools, yeah, or like um, or Georgetown Eastview, yeah, or things like that. That's where it gets. That's dangerous. Another area, uh, Brian uh, Brian Rudder and A and M Consolidated. They're mm-hmm. kind of a floater. Do they float west into Austin again? Um, or Brenham floated west into Austin yeah. last time. Does does Brian and in, in, in College Station float west this time, or do they float back into a more traditional district with Brenham and Huntsville well, and, and, that's, and that and, Brazos Valley district? Well, and you have the nail on the head because another thing is that, like, again, when you talk about regions, right? If a and Consolidated can find a way to stick into, like, District 13, yeah, you're talking about, like, a big-time favorite. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you know, here we are talking on January 22nd, which is when we're recording And they're this losing podcast. a lot, but they're still going to be like, hey, we like our chances yes, in Region 4. absolutely. They, region 4 is where they want to be. Region 3 is is going to be a lot more difficult. And Region 4, for the Valley Schools, is going to be a little bit tougher now because you're looking at um, – only you're looking at one valley district in the in the in the southern mm-hmm. you know you know district 16 and there's not there's really not a corpus area district anymore yeah because cal allen dropped gregory portland and flower bluff opted up to division one so it's really so really you're going from district 16 in the valley to district 15 probably in san antonio so that could potentially open the door for another austin district in region four or a like you said, an A&M consolidated kind of combo platter moving down into Region 4 because you're losing a district down there. District 15, 5A Division 2 basically doesn't exist anymore at the 5A level because they've all 
either moved moved down to, or moved up to Division One or moved down to Four A. We're gonna move on to Four A, as you mentioned. Um, and the big headline in Da One is is Cal Allen. You know, man, I remember doing that story for uh, about Phil Danaher in the two thousand. I guess sixteen or sixteen. No, it'd be seventeen edition of, or was it fifteen? No, it was seventeen yeah. edition of Dave Campbell's text when he was mad at you. Yeah, when he was mad at me, and he always he would talk about, oh man, you know. You know, it, what people don't realize is the Callens are really small, 5A. Well, Coach, you finally limboed under the bar. Cal Allen's dropping to 4A. Uh, they'll be 4A Division One. They're dropping to 4A Division One as well as Lindale, uh, as the aforementioned Lindale. Uh, no rest for the weary for Cal Allen, though, as Calhoun's coming with them. Poilovac Calhoun's dropping as well. Um, and then... Uh, Alice mo- and Corpus Christi Miller. Yeah. Uh, moving uh, moving up. Yeah, Corpus Christi Miller's another big one. They were a late... Move in the yeah. Corpus Christi ISD decided to drop them. Uh, moving up, there aren't a ton of it's a Houston, a few Houston ISD and T- DISD teams that are moving up. Rockport Fulton is moving up to Division One as well. Fort Stockton making the move to Division. Actually, one. Rockport Fulton is another late the UI after the UIL changed Dumb the UIL. They changed it. So Rockport, I think Jay Seibert was thrilled about that. Yeah, he was fairly happy. Uh, and then Division Two, um, there's a. Um, Dropping to Division Two is um, is it Carthage? Yeah, I don't Car. Know. Oh, are they good? Carthage is dropping Division Two, huh. so yeah. Good oops. luck. Yeah. Oops. Um, Salina is also dropping. It's a heavy hitting group. China Spring. China Spring. Uh, you know, uh, Gonzalez. Gonzalez is a team to keep an eye on. Navasota is dropping. Sealy's dropping. Mm-hmm. Seminoles dropping. Uh, and then moving up. Uh, Maynard New Tech. Hey, oh, ish. ish. Buddy. Oh, ish. Uh, Orangefield, Van Alstine, and, and Gerald moving up. Uh, and then two new schools. Uh, there's a y- uh, two charter schools, Austin Chief, and then San Antonio YMLA are going to be joining mm-hmm. in 4A Division 2. Okay. 4A Division 1, uh, I think I think what's going to be interesting to me, there's a couple of different things. One is what do you do along I-35 most notably what do you do with Waco La Vega because you want to talk about like the ultimate regional floater mm-hmm. they can be they're um, on an island now too they are truly on an island now because Lampa- uh, not Lampa- uh, Gatesville and China Spring who they've <laughs> traditionally been paired with are both in Division 2 now they're all by themselves so, all by themselves so Waco La Vega could conceivably float into the Metroplex yep Waco, Waco University does it in 5A Division they 2 could be now. Re, they could be Region 2 very easily. I mean... With, like, Kennedy and Alvarado. It would be, be weird if they were... I was trying to make a case that they could be in any region, but they can't. Um, but they could definitely be in 2, 3, or 4. Yes. Like, it's not which that, is crazy. Yeah, it's not that far. Yeah. I guess they could be in Region 1. You stick them with Brownwood, Stephenville. Yeah, and, I mean, if they stick with Brownwood and Stephenville, depending on what they yeah, do there. They but like, be Region 1. Yeah. It's, they're, 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 they're the ultimate floater. I, the more and more I think about it, I kind of in my mock I had them going south with Lampasas into the mm-hmm. Austin area. The more and more I think about it, though, I could see like a southern metroplex centric district with mm-hmm. like Kennedale, Alvarado, Waxahachie Life, mm-hmm. Waco La Vega, Midlothian Heritage, all south of I twenty. I mean, from Waco to Alvarado is a good thirty miles south of in Fort like Worth. a District Eight. You know, a like, district eight or a district five yeah, yeah. or a district seven. I mean, any kind yeah. of combination there. I could see Waco La Vega floating into a metroplex district. I could absolutely see it. So if you are, that would be the one thing is whenever you grab the packet on Monday, the look 3rd, for La Vega. Just find La Vega mm-hmm. and figure out not only what district they're in and their district matchup, but also specifically what region they're in yep. because they could be 
anywhere. Yes. And you, you know, like, you know, there are a lot of teams you know what region they're going to be in. They are not. They were in region four last two, two uh, in 2018. Right. And then they were in region two in 2020. And, well, 2016, they're in region four. 2018, they're in region two. The other thing for me that's going to be very interesting is I want to see how region three and most notably East Texas shakes out. Because there's a big power vacuum now Absolutely. Uh, of, of what does it look like without Carthage. Yeah. Um, do they just take that same district that Carthage was in last year, or what's left of it, and just kind of cobble it all together? You know, put Lindale in there and stuff like that and stuff in place of Carthage. Yeah, you could see Lindale just replace, be a kind of like-for-like like yeah. change there, kind of a Tyler-centric district. So I'm going to be very interested in Region 3 because it's like who, who fills in in Region 3 – uh, there and then, of course, we're going to find out what they're going to do in Corpus yeah. um, because th- you want to talk about a district of doom along the coast. You could have it. You could really and truly have with, with those four that are dropping down, mm-hmm. kind of being the center of that district. The question is going to be if they have those four together, who gets paired with them? Yeah, because those are really the only four school. Because Robstown, Robstown dropped to Division Two, mm-hmm. so in four A Division One, I, I think you pretty much just have those four kind of big names there so do you slide pleasanton down that way do you you know who do you put el campo down there with them i mean there's some yeah there's some possibilities there it so. is um and so then when you take a look at so then moving down to 4 division two um again east texas it's east texas like i want to know how what the shape of east texas looks like with carthage do they put them in a could you could have the two Four A state champions in the same district, conceivably. Yeah, you, I mean, you could have a district of doom with Carthage, Pleasant Grove, and Gilmer. It's, Jeez, it's, it could happen. Yeah, um, that's the big thing in Division Two that I'm looking for. Um, there's not a lot, ton of other storylines in Division Two that just jump off the page at me, except for what do they do in East Texas? Right. Um, I mean, you know, Salina kind of ha- where they pair them, and I think China Spring. Um, but East Carthage, I want to see if they get paired with Gilmer. They've traditionally been with Gilmer when they've been in the yeah. same classification, so. Um, and uh, uh, here's here's another thing okay is what like where where do they you know what are the what's their by district look like well again mm-hmm. what if there is that district of doom who gets that luck of the draw who gets that luck of the draw <laughs> it has to play a third place gilmer yeah. in the first round of the playoffs that's so like sunnyvale two years ago when gilmer finished fourth yeah. oh great he gets gilmer course, in the first yeah round. exactly jump into division one uh, one thing yeah. that, pop, that popped in my head real quick what region one so remember last year, four A Division One Region One had eighteen teams in it. Yeah, it was it was There's four, three, four, four, six. six. So you've got some more teams in the mix now because El Paso Riverside dropped down from five A. So you're probably gonna have a five team El Paso district. Fine. Okay, you're probably still gonna have a four team district in the Panhandle: Canyon, Hereford, Pampa, and uh, yeah, and, and Dumas. Uh, Dumas. I don't really see any, anything else there. Um, you probably still have to have, and then you got the Andrews Big Spring, Andrews Big Spring, San Angelo Lakeview, Fort Stockton. Yeah, that's just four, so that's thirteen teams. So now you're probably going to have Region One's probably going to be pretty thin again, right? Um, because Seminole dropped from Division One to Division Two, so you take Seminole out of that district, and Fort Stockton, who opted up, uh, replaces them. One thing you could see, you could so it'll be five, and then we can conceivably see the next two being four districts. I wonder if the next one's like an eight. Or yeah, something like that. It's if like it's like eight. Fort Worth High, like the whatever's left of like Fort Worth, with if yeah, they Fort Worth's going to be a, a little bit bigger now because I think a couple of Fort Worth, I think a couple more I think Eastern Hills dropped, and I mm-hmm. think Carter Riverside mm-hmm. dropped. So 
you could have like six or seven full yeah. order schools. So yeah. so that'll that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, what is the shape of Region One? Because the schools are so far flung. Right. Exactly. Okay, let's go to 3A. We mentioned earlier that 3A is a little bit more of a pressure point, too, simply because there are more teams, right? There are more teams there mm-hmm. than in, than other uh, regions. So let me find my cheat sheet. That Here we go. Uh, okay, so uh, moving, dropping from D2 to, uh, to 3A. Uh, the big names here are probably Fairfield? Fairfield's probably Fairfield. I, t- I saw the Fairfield coaches at the Piney Woods Clinic, yeah. and they were they had that were dropping down a classification walk. They were They're feeling feeling yeah, pretty good. Feeling, how about uh, uh is it is it Lalano Lalano Lalano? I think Ashley Pickle they, went there. She might know. She might know how to pronounce. She was pretty it. fired up. Yeah, Lano's uh, Lano's dropping as well. Lorena, um, Lorena Orange Grove, uh, and then Progresso. They are all dropping. Moving up, uh, Blanco Comfort, Corpus Christi, London, and San Angelo TLC, and then Division Two. Division Two is a little bit more interesting. Yeah, yeah. three Division One drop downs. Like several good ones, yes. Like West Rusk, uh, like Eastland, like Franklin. Eastland's got a guy named Baron Morton. Yes, they do. He's a dude. Uh, George West is dropping as well. Hughes Springs is dropping as well. Hooks is dropping. Um, uh, th- those are big time. Uh, good names. Th- very big names. Uh, moving up. How about a state semifinalist? Valley View is making the leap from D. We were watching them against Post, and we were saying that was their two A swan song. Yeah, it really was. Um, uh, so they Harleton. are Harleton was a ten win team yeah, last year. Yeah. Um, so they're moving up, and then there are two new three A Division two squads are uh, in uh, two more um, uh, well, charter one schools. now. I found out uh, breaking news: uh, Sp- uh, Houston Legacy Sports Science School. Yeah, they're not playing UIL. I, I was going to say, yeah, was, they're not. It's a little. Little prime prepish there. It, it they're, they're not playing UI. Like Odessa anyway. Compass is. Odessa Compass is. That's a that's yeah. charter schools can be played. Okay, so we take a look at three A. Um, three A Division One, I think, has a chance to be really interesting. Most notably because of one big time heavy hitting floater, the two time defending champ yes. Grandview. Who, by the way, again, please pick up the, the, uh, a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football this summer. Uh, but Grandview will start the year ranked next year. You, you sure? Um, you know okay. what? It's premium podcast. I'm okay saying on premium. You know what I mean? They're start the year ranked. Where does Grandview land? Because they're they're like La Vega in for it. They are a floater. They can go pretty much any which way. Yeah. Uh, If you want to throw them into Region Two, throw them in Region Two. Mm -hmm. You want to throw them in Region Three, like they have been the last couple of years. They can't be. Yep. Um, You want to throw them in Region One? Yeah. You put you you could squint and put them in Region One. For those you know, Grandview is only 35 miles south of Fort Worth. Yeah. Like from Grandview to Brock is less than an hour. Yeah. It's like a fifty minute. And Brock drive. is like a locked and loaded D, uh, region yeah. one SWAT. There, there, it's it's con- very conceivable Grandview goes west into a, into region one. I mean, it's possible. So there, there. I think where Grandview goes, I think shapes three A division one in playoff paths and things like that. Well, and and one thing that's interesting is let's say Grandview does move into region two, right? You could very conceivably see a state. Championship game in a, in a region in a area around or like a, a regional semifinal matchup. Absolutely, yeah. with Pottsboro. Yeah, I mean because Pottsboro is almost certainly like, it would be they could go region. It would be pretty weird if they weren't in region two, in my opinion. Yeah, they, they they're pretty solid region. They're two. pretty solid yeah. region two. Um, but that's going to be really interesting. The other thing is, so what's interesting about about three A? What always it, what what always is is quite remarkable to me is. I, I always tell people that whenever you think about realignment, you got to think of it like 
a clock that starts in East Te- that starts in El Paso and just kind of winds its way around the mm-hmm, state mm-hmm. until you get down to the Rio Grande Valley. Generally speaking, it winds most of the time. It winds here and there, but one three A though <sighs> is where things are just like we just got to make it work. Yeah, and so you you got you're gonna have a little more far flung. Yes. Teams. You're going to have, you know, Houston area teams that are playing in Region Two, maybe, or you know, or Region Four, or in the same in the same region with Central Texas teams and things mm-hmm. like that. The distances uh, are greater. Yes, they are, and as a result, you're going to want to keep an eye. One thing that you should know is that UIL does have a computer program that calculates that'll it'll right now they can plug it in and it'll spit out an alignment and it'll mm-hmm. just say here is the most optimal alignment for the most like if you want if your number one goal is the least amount of travel combined for all the teams they could have that and they could have a like the most optimized uh um alignment possible but there are obviously things you factors you have to put in opt-ups etc things like that teams that want to be put together that and, and simply like splits that you're just not going to make that they have to move, maneuver from there. Three A is where you're not going to be able to get around it. Three A, there's going to be a lot of travel. There's going to be areas and far flung areas that you're going to have. You know, normally, let's put it this way: normally, a Golden Triangle team would come after a uh, would come after a Central Texas team. Yes, normally. That is not the the case in three A. Three A, it would not be a surprise to see uh, the the regions are a lot more fluid. You yeah. could have a Golden Triangle in Region in District Ten and Central Texas in Region Thir- in District Thirteen. Yeah, it, very conceivably, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, one area that kind of South Gulf Coast, kind of where Yoakum, Goliad, mm-hmm. Edna, those guys, Hallettsville, Industrial, where that's where those splits happen. Mm-hmm. Are those teams in the same district, or do they split a couple of them off and send them south? I think two years ago, Goliad was kind of sent more south. So interested to see how that, that that that's one area I always watch in three A Division One is that kind of crossroads as Mike Foreman from the Victoria Advocate calls it that kind of Victoria mm-hmm. area. I want to see how that how, where those teams get split. I saw Mike Foreman last week. Um, that's for you and nobody else. UCLA grad Mike Foreman. I do. That is that right? Works hard. He's he went to UCLA. Yeah, I did not know that. Yes, I'll have to tell him go Bruins next time. Okay, Re- Division Two, three A Division Two. The biggest thing that I've got my eye on here is this is the quintessential 10 pounds of S in a five-pound bag, yeah. and especially in Region 3 and Region 4. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of teams yes. that they have got to cram into about seven nine districts. Nine districts, yeah. maybe yeah. nine, really eight. Like, <laughs> fundamentally Region 3 and Region 4. Yes, yeah. they have to. And so it's funny whenever I'm laying out the magazine, if you're laying out 3A, because we have the same amount of space for each district, um, whenever you get to 3A Division 2, it's always like, oh, mm-hmm. like squeeze it in. you got to squeeze it in because, and so how do they cut things cut things in 3A Division 2 and what do they do with these newcomers that are going to come in here because every year 3A Division 2 always feels like it's held together with duct tape and bubble gum. Yep. I, uh, we talked about East Texas and that's one thing. In Region 1 I always watch where Childress goes mm-hmm. because Childress could float south on 287 into Wichita Falls because mm-hmm. literally Childress is about halfway between Wichita Falls and Amarillo. The last few years they've traditionally gone north into an Amarillo with Canadian, kind of a, a panhandle district. Childress is a floater and could float mm-hmm. south on 287, especially when you consider Amarillo Highland Park is moving up in a 3A that could potentially take Childress's place 
UIL could send Childress um, south, which I think Jason Sims would not complain about um, at all. So that's that's something I'm keeping an eye on. Obviously, um, this is the largest um, of uh, below five A. This is the, the largest. Split. There's 106 schools in yeah. three division two. This is the largest division split uh, besides the five A schools. So, I mean, you're talking about 106 schools and 16 districts. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see some seven and eight team districts for you're sure. See some big boys. So it'll be. Inter- I, I I mean I mean I think like we talked about at the beginning of the show. I think East Texas gets a third district. You're probably right. I think they get that third somehow. Now they may send some into like the Paris area because Paris is kind of a, that, that that northeast mm-hmm. kind of Paris Chisholm Prairie Land. I think is might be in there and Cooper mm-hmm. people like that. I could see some sort of some East Texas teams moving out that way too. So, so yeah, keep to relieve a little pressure. Yeah, because because it really does when you start getting into District 12, 13, 14. There, yeah. you really get. You've got a lot of teams crammed, like all in this one part of the and state. Some travel that could be involved. You, have, you only have a couple of valley teams. They're having to go to Corpus mm-hmm. every week. That kind of thing. So, let's go to two A, smallest classification. Two um, A Division One. Uh, the biggest, the probably the big headliners here, as far as new schools, Cisco dropping from three A Division Two to two A Division One. That is a Game changer. Yeah, our buddy Dan Ganey at Colorado City is dropping. Yes, Colorado City is is dropping as well. Um, Ganado had a good year. Ganado had a nice year. Schulenberg's dropping as well uh, to 2A Division 1. Moving up from 2A Division 2 will be Grapeland, who had a great year last year. Flatonia had a good year. Flatonia very much had 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 an excellent year. Um, And and yeah, it's probably about the the big notable ones in 2A Division. Tioga's growing growing fast, man. That's amazing. They were six man in 2016, 17. Two alignments ago. They went to 2A Division 2 last year. Now they're already in division one they're they're growing fast and then two a division two my big headliner there is tenaha i think tenaha moving up to or moving down from two a division one to a division two will be very very big for them uh that'll be that'll be huge for them west sabine is another squad that's excellent seymour traditionally has been pretty good yeah and then we got a couple squads that are making the leap from six man to 11 man ropesville ropes and high island are going to make the island actually still has a six man enrollment but just because they're on such an island when it comes to travel yeah they, they were going really like are. five hours for one way, and that is. We'll, we'll, I'll talk a little bit about about um, six man coming up here in just a little bit, but that is a, a big thing. Is High Island was always way by itself, yes. like oh, and Chester was I think the closest one to them. And they're the and thing Chester's is like by Lufkin. The thing is, they're by themselves. They'll be by themselves in two A, but just less so. You know what I mean? Yeah, getting for them to get get over to Sabine Pass and mm-hmm. the Beaumont area. Is only about an hour, hour and a half. So it's a lot better for them than the the four hour trips. That'll be a lot easier because their closest district game was Chester. And I think Chester's a good three hours away. And, and so, by the way, High Island has to go all the way through Houston. High Island is on the coast, like mm-hmm. Galveston area. Mm-hmm. They were having to go through Houston to get up to Bo- to Lufkin to go to Chester. Yeah, because that is not. I mean, Southeast Texas plains it's not. It's not six man country. It's yeah. not. It's, no. it's that's eleven man country. Uh, okay, so. Let's talk about two A Division One, and a lot of it is. I think that I think the the, the place that you're going to want to pay attention when you first get your packet is take a look at Region One, and take a look at what they are able to do, how they're going to fit in these new Region One newcomers, mm-hmm. most notably Cisco and Colorado City yeah. and Coleman to and a Coleman, certain extent. Yeah. It's a three three teams that are moving in that will that will instantly beef up some districts in two A region one division one. And, and so where do they end up and what does it look like? Because like for example, I'm looking at your mock here. 
it's not just that you're talking about Cisco and Colorado City moving into Region 1, which is – they probably end up in Region 1. Could I guess there's a two? chance they're in District 5. Maybe. There's a chance. Maybe. But for example, you got San Saba, the Armadillos, Stay, you know, go, heading, out, heading out west and going, going to Region 1. That would mm-hmm. be a region flip for them. Yes. Uh, that is something certainly to keep an eye on. I am, I'm very interested to see – Region 1 is where the rest, the rest of the state – Look, I'm interested to see what they're able to do, uh, like where they, where they slot Flatonia. Flatonia yeah. could go a couple different places. Region one's going to set the pace for the rest yes. of the state. I think what, what, what happens in region one, we're going to kind of then the puzzle pieces will all come together. If, so, if, if Cisco and and, and the, those kind of eastern fringy West Texas teams are in region two, I think completely throws a curveball into everything. Right. Uh, everything else. Should be relatively static, I would say, in yeah, Division One. You know, there's always a chance that Mason mm-hmm. slides into Region One because Mason has been in Region One in the in in, in back in the day. Boy, they would they've love been, it. They've been in Region Four the past five or six realignments. Yeah. So there's always a chance Mason goes Region One because Ma- Mason is just south of San Angelo. Mason is West Texas fundamentally. Yeah. You know, what generally I mean? speaking, so they could they're really like, sl- if you want to get real technical, they're like Central Texas. Yes. So there's there's a chance Mason goes regional mm-hmm. region one, which would completely change the outlook. It would change the dynamic of, of everything of, of the entire state. Yes, exactly. So keep an eye on that. Again, regions. I I'm a lot more interested in regions than I am in individual districts, in my opinion, as far as contenders are concerned. When you get into Division two, uh, let's talk about another floater along I mm-hmm. well just off I thirty five. Uh, and it is the three times defending champs. Probably going to be four times defending champs because I, I I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say Mart. They're going to be number one next year in two A division. Wow! I, I was going to say they'll be top fifteen, but yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to go. I'm, I, that's why we, the hot takes are here. But Mart, number one, Mart next Mart, year. Mart, um, Mart is staying division two, and Mart. And by the way, did they get smaller? They might have. They might have shrunk a little. They might bit, have yeah. like lost a couple of kids. Um, but Mart, what's going to be very interesting is what region they land in. And especially what region they land in, in my opinion, vis-a-vis Tenahaw. Okay, mm-hmm. do they end up on different ends of the bracket than Tenahaw? Yeah. T- I guarantee Tenahaw's hoping Mark goes Region Two. Yes, because Tenahaw is going to be Region Three. Yes, pretty certain of that. They're going to be Region Three. They want Mart in Region Two, yep. which Mart could very. They were in Region Two when they were in Two A Division One, mm-hmm. so they could float into Region Two very easily. So. Um, that's that that they're that way that right on I thirty five that that floater that we talked about that could really change the look of a classification right and Cause it, I guarantee everyone in West Texas Stratford and 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 all those guys out west praying um, they stay in region three they're like hey Mart stay region three we're good we're over good. here we can handle it yeah Albany Hamlin they're all hoping Wellington, Mart stays yeah. all, Wellington all, yeah. just keep Mart in region three that, yeah that that would be uh, that would be just fine so. Um, those are kind of the big takeaways there for me is, is keep an eye on Mart. Where Mart goes is going to inform the way that 2A Division Two looks the rest. Because I'll be honest, I, I, like, look, I think if you talk to 2A Division Two coaches, they'll tell you, Mart's going to be the favorite next year. Mart's probably the favorite in 2021. Yeah. Like, if we're looking, for, like, even farther ahead, they're that loaded. Uh, and so, yes. yeah. They were young this year. Yes. Um, so... There is uh there is that uh so um if you're as far as one A is concerned one A is going to be interesting in in a couple of different regards uh, most notably uh, I am very interested to see uh, what they do especially uh, out uh, especially in region two region two tends to be kind of the 
when you're talking about six-man football, West Texas, the west side of the bracket, tends to dominate. Um, and, and so my question is, who gets slotted into Region Two? We know all the teams up there in the Panhandle that are going to end up being uh, they're going to end up being in Region One. Uh, the farther out West squads are going to end up there. What? Where is that break? Uh, where is that break uh, on Region Two? Who, uh, as far as you know, Garden City team, teams like that, Water Valley. Uh, where is that? Where does that break end up coming? Uh, as far as the one uh, A alignment uh, is concerned, aren't there several? Um uh, schools that played outlaw schedules last year that because they were eleven man yes dropped from mid realignment um like Claude and uh, Claude is going to be playing a, a six man football. Arian County Arian County is going to be playing Bear uh, is going to be making six man football uh, a debut as well um so th- those are interesting things to me to yeah see how, how they do in, in the, their new new yeah Baird Baird Roby is another one as well uh, so keep an eye on that uh, you know the Concho Valley always tends to be the uh, maybe the most interesting part of the six man realignment so keep an eye on the way that those things end up breaking there at the 1A uh, alignment so um, there is that and that is a look at each of the uh, classifications it's it's hard it's 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 really hard to project but if you have a couple of things that you're looking in looking for it makes it a little easier to to, uh, to to digest to see how things fell um, because fundamentally you could just say there are about if you you can narrow it down to about 28 20 to 30 questions and mm-hmm. say how the UIL answers those questions are going to inform the remainder of the alignment um, so by the way if you're interested, I'm supposed to tell you that Fox Sports Southwest is going to have a show uh, on at 9 a.m. on the release day. Oh, uh, with uh, Dr. Elza, Rick Renner, and Craig Way are going to be talking. Or it's either Dr. Elza or it's Dr. Harrison, Dr. Jamie Harrison, one of them. Uh, although you should know this because you're a sweet, clean. Um, you're an insider. Insider. I was talking with Dr. Harrison at um, state championship games. Name dropper back in December. Dr. Jamie Harrison, the Assistant Executive Director of the UIL. I think that's his title. Anyway, big big dog. He's a big dog. And he told me he goes, I just he's I just need to tell you something right now. I, I just because you're like the one person that I really want to tell you and Matt Stepp. And I go, well, what's that? He goes, um, back in my um, bag, I have my computer, and in, on my computer are about the ninety eight percent fixed. Uh, like done districts and alignment, and I go, can I just just a glimpse, just a glimpse? He's like, no, nope, you can't do it. Kind of like a crackhead needing a hit, right? But that's the thing. It's like, look, I start sweating profusely. I'm like, please, come on, man, I need this. Um, yeah, because that's the thing. If you could just give me like a peek at it, I know what I'd be looking for in those 15 mm-hmm. seconds, and I'd be like, oh, okay. It's such a closely guarded secret. It is. They it's don't awesome. tell. They really do not tell anybody. There's like a vault or something or a room. It's, yeah. like, it's like basically a situation room. They do. They have a situation room. Yeah. They're at the UIL headquarters. Have you seen the situation room? I have. Have you, you've been in there? I've been in there. Not with the alignments, but yeah, yeah. like, yes, I, okay. they've got the maps and everything. Um, it is, you know, I know that they take it very seriously and they, 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 they try to do their best. They're they do gonna, a great job keeping it they're under, gonna, under lock and key. They, but they're going to piss somebody off something yeah. awful. Was it, was it two years ago when like one of the classifications got released like 20 minutes early? Yes. <laughs> somebody hit the wrong button. Um, they're going to. <laughs> it was 3A Division Two. I think they got released like 15 minutes early. And people were like screenshotting it and sending it to me on Twitter. I mean, but look, they're going to be, <laughs> they're going to piss some. Here, here are some guarantees for yes. nine, nine o'clock on, when, on let's Monday. Hear it, let's hear it. February 3rd. Guarantee number one, this website will crash. Yes. 
Guarantee number, and that is not that is a, a, not a knock on our friends at the UIL. It just means how popular you are. Mm-hmm. Okay, get some better servers. Um, number two, when we're at Birdville, we are going to hear one coach yell, "Oh hell!" Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Something like that. Yep, it will happen. There will be some. There will be some bitching and moaning going on. Someone's always pissed off. It's it's impo- You can't make everyone happy. No lines have to be drawn somewhere. Inevitably, someone gets the uh, short end of the stick. Someone gets say. their ox scored. Yeah, you know and what I mean. And they, in the UIL, to their God love them, I think they really do try to rotate that around to where someone's I ox doesn't go- get gored every year. It's just like it's Sicily God. It's you. Yeah, yeah. They um, try to rotate. Oh, we 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 kind of do these guys bad. Two years ago, let's 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 hook them up and just kind of spread the love a little right, bit. Right, exactly. So, um, I'm very interested in um, in 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 who is the thing thing. The other thing that I'm going to be interested in, and, and we're going to be doing a show at 9:30 on um, on, on the Monday third, morning Monday morning yes. at Birdville, which yes. there's going to be. Please tune in. That's the big DFW hot spot release party. Yeah. That's the hot spot. The other ones are like San Marcos. Um, uh, the, edu- the ESCs. I think there's a big one in Waco. Yeah. Uh, there's a big one like in Lubbock, the mm-hmm. Educational Service Center, kind of spread around the Educational Service yes. Centers. But Birdville Fine Arts Complex, probably all, where the, all the cool kids go. And then the other thing that will be interesting, over the next couple of weeks, you will start to see game matchups trickle out. Mm-hmm. Because right now... Um, you know, a lot of teams, you know, there's you some pro- verbal agreements. You could pro- right. There are verbals that are saying, Hey, if I don't have a week four district game, mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. go ahead and play on week four. Um, obviously the UIL can throw a wrench in it. If they throw you into an 11 team district, then guess what? You ain't got no non district. Yeah, she's on it. Yep. Right. So, so you'll start to see those things trickle out. And that's kind of the fun, the other fun thing that happens in the aftermath of nine o'clock. Now, from nine to nine 15 is like chaos. And then nine fifteen till about eh, ten thirty or so is like resignation to what's gone on mm-hmm. and looking for dance parties. Yes, and it's so funny that the, the so I guarantee you like like when Reggie Samples walks through Birdville, everybody's going to avoid the seas will part because he will be looking for games and no one will want to play him. Right, he's going to be because because what they, there's these big boards and people are right on there. You know, I need a week two. You know, call, this number. Duncanville will have, I'm sure, I think Duncanville's tentative. We got a week one and they got a tentative week two. But that week three, they don't have anything yet. And Duncanville's going to put Duncanville week three up there on the board and no one is going and to And it'll respond. stay there forever. Yes. No one will <laughs> respond. And then it'll eventually be someone in like San Antonio or all, you know, it, like we could see Lake Travis and Duncanville play because Lake Travis can be like, well, we can't find anyone to play the week three. I guess we got to play these guys. Yeah. And it, it, inevitably, that's how you see some of these real far flung. I remember one year North Shore played Trinity because mm-hmm. um, well, no one would play him. In the last couple of years, we've had that awesome like week five mashup between the Little Southwest <laughs> yeah, Conference had, had, and the Valley. We had Amarillo, Tascosa, and Brownsville, Hannah. Yeah. The, the goodness that that was. I'm into so, that. Yeah. We need more of that. Yep. So coaches, if you're listening to me, coaches, there'll always be some fun stuff. Yes, there will be. So um, there you go. That's your realignment primer. Um, we will, of course, and then, by the way, you should know. Um, are we recording it that day? I think we are. I think that on the third, that afternoon, whenever we get back, because you're taking the whole day off, right? We'll I just am. produce this I in here. I'm celebrating realignment. Um, we'll come back here to the mothership, and we'll have a tep and step episode for you, either that night or the morning of the fourth. 
Um, and it. so you will have that content for you. So you will have our fi- our, our instant reaction to the realignment. Um, we'll pick out maybe some some districts that we're most interested. You're going to in. do some realignment by the numbers. I think post. I'm going to have a realignment by the numbers. I'm doing a uh, kind of a uh, uh, winners and losers mm-hmm. column post realignment and pre realignment. I've got a, a ten things to watch mm-hmm. um, article which will be out next week. So we got lots and lots of plus all the interviews and mm-hmm. things like this. So lots of content coming up on Dave Campbell's Texas. Football. It's going to be fun, guys. It is. It is the most nerdy, wonderful time of the year. This is. This is when you know who your true friends are, and we're it uh, because the people who understand this, they're your true friends. Mm-hmm. If somebody says to you, uh, "Hey, what are you doing Monday morning?" and and you say, "Oh, I'm going to be watching the high school football realignments come out," and they look at you weird. Not a true friend. Me and, someone you don't want to hang out with. Me and Step, we give you a high five. You want, you want to hang out with us. Yeah, you want to hang out with us. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. TexasFootball.com. We'll have complete coverage of the 2020 UIL realignment. Uh, and we will talk to you on December or February 3rd or 4th on another episode of Tep and Step. But, February 3rd, uh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you. See you next time. Tep and Step. Step.